You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars presented by Tomahawk Nation. Uh, myself, Tim Alibal. I will be joined by Josh Pick and David Stout. And we are here to talk about all things Florida State recruiting. But before we do that, let's check in and see how the boys are doing. Josh Pick, how are you doing, sir? Uh, munching on some healthy kale, I'm sure. How's life treating you? Yeah, in honor of uh, David Stout, I am knocking out this kale uh, fruit smoothie and you know I just listened to doctor's orders so I I you know we are in the presence of a doctor Dr. David Stout uh Dr. Stout how's uh how's life you prescribing anything besides fruit smoothies I'm hanging in there and uh in order or in honor of Josh I'm gagging over here thinking of the <laughs> drinking kale but Doing good. Very happy that Mike Norvell and staff saved some fireworks for the day after the fourth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I saw, uh, I saw on Twitter yesterday, some uh, recruiting analysts said, if you are a recruit and you want to get zero attention on your announcement, make it on a holiday. <laughs> so uh, Mike Norvell and crew, uh, let's start right there, guys. Uh, today, four star defensive end Keldrick, Falk committed to Florida State over the likes of Clemson, Auburn, and Florida. And uh, this is a kid that's in the top 100, uh, wave, or hovering right around uh, top 10 at his position. This is a huge commitment for Norvell and crew. And Josh, I want to start right there with you and talking about how big a deal this commitment is for this staff and for where this team is right now. Yeah, and I said in the recruiting thread today, like, to me, this is the first, like, <clears throat> recruitment where it feels like FSU really went head to head with the big boys 
like since Jimbo and won. And like, this is a kid that all the schools wanted. He's an Alabama kid. They took him from Auburn. Clemson was all over him. Florida obviously wanted him, but he's a kid that Coach Norvell, John Papuchis, and, and off-field staff, staffer Austin Tucker, I mentioned the recruiting threads. Like, he did an amazing job in this recruitment, and he's really got to get some kudos here. Yeah, this this was a, a huge pull. I was looking at uh, some of his information earlier. David, I know that we were uh, you were pinging us some, some information about his wingspan and different things like this. What type of player is Florida State getting in Falk? So, yeah, totally echo what Josh said. We just landed a beast at Florida State. Um, Keldrick Falk, to me, is pretty much your quintessential defensive lineman who goes to Clemson or who goes to Alabama, gets developed, and then becomes, you know, a top three round pick in the NFL draft. Uh, he's got all the tools you're looking for. He's already six foot five, kind of hovering between 245, 240, uh, but probably has the ability to get up to around 265 if he wants to and still keep that. He's got a devastating first step um, and he's got a really good combination of um, body control and just sheer power that he can you know, he can really just bully guys. And um, as, we, as I mentioned to you guys, he's got a six foot 10 wingspan, which is insane. Um, and he's just, you know, this is a, this is a recruitment that Florida state fans should be really excited over um, just because they landed him today does not mean they're going to have to fight like hell to keep him committed because he is very much a national recruit. Um, FSU was able to fend off, uh, Clemson, Auburn, Florida, Miami, some of those teams. Uh, but should Alabama, should Georgia come calling Ohio State, something like that, it could get kind of tricky. But, um, you know, huge, huge day today for Florida State. This is, uh, like Josh said, this is one of those victories on the trail that makes waves and kind of reminds you a little bit of the Jimbo days when you land a, a huge offensive or defensive lineman like this and you know that you're building inside out from the trenches. This is just, you know, the, the impact of this commitment can't be overstated right now. Yeah, looking at some of his profile and his information, this kid that plays basketball also, uh, he's that, like you said, prototypical athlete at the end position, but just has the build that you can't, you can't really, uh, you know, easily replicate that. So that's, that's big news. And, and uh, I, I want to say, you know, when we were about a year ago, I think we had Gabe Harris committed and a few others, and we were really talking about the defensive end pipeline and things kind of fell apart. So this is a, a nice ad addition. And hopefully, like you said, David, somebody that Florida State can hang on to. Yeah. And, you, you know, you've got him combined with boots. Um, so that right there is a great one to punch at uh, defensive end and, and pass rusher. But you also said, you know, he plays basketball. If you watch his highlights, he's got highlights on there as a wide receiver. And he goes down the field and straight up Moss's kids. I mean, it's, it's insane. And you see the six foot five, 240 pound dude running against a five foot 10, 175 pound corner. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous what you see, but his speed and his body control, he knows how to high point the football. Like, I mean, this could even be a kid that we see line up at tight end in the red zone or something on a gadget play. Like he's that good of an athlete. So yeah, between him and boots, and then you've got Samson committed on the defensive line. Uh, you've got Jones, the Juco uh, defensive end. I mean, they're really putting a strong emphasis on defensive line and so far so good. And, you know, like, I, like we keep saying, we've got to be able to, to hold on to these guys, but you'd much rather be in the driver's seat at this point than having to play catch up.
And then not just in the driver's seat, like you have his commitment. It's not that you just lead for him and who knows what can happen. Like, and this is a kid I don't, I mean, he could flip if Florida State just has a disastrous season, but he's not a kid that I think is looking to flip and is going to be flirting with other schools all the way through the process. Like if, if something disastrous happens, then yeah, he might look at Auburn or Clemson or whatever, but I think Florida State's in a really, really good position here. And, and, and something you mentioned in the recruiting thread, David, is just like, stop with the negativity, like celebrate the wins and deal with like, if you don't want to like deal with recruiting, then don't, but don't like, <laughs> Oh, we might lose him. I'm going to start worrying about it right now. Can you just like expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So Trevor, uh, Trevor, God, look at me. I'm already doing it again. Um, Travis. So Hunter. we know. Yeah, we know. Trust us guys. We know, we know the jilted lover syndrome. We know the, the feelings that everybody experienced when Hunter decommitted, we understand, we know. Um, but does it have to be brought back up in every single commitment article? I don't think it does. Like, you know, everybody learned a lesson, I think nationwide from the Hunter recruitment, because not only did FSU get left at the altar, I mean, for a while, Georgia thought they had flipped him. And so Georgia got left at the altar in some circles from, if you believe some folks. So Everybody learned a collective lesson. So yeah, we get it. Trust us. We get it. But at the same time, not every kid is Travis Hunter. Not every recruitment is Travis Hunter. Not every situation is Travis Hunter. And so it is perfectly fine to celebrate every kid that announces their commitment because it's a huge point in their life and it's their recruitment. And every relationship is different. Every scenario is different. And so, yes, we understand anything could happen. But if you continue to think like that, you're never going to be happy in recruiting if you follow it. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're that much of a glass half empty pessimistic individual, maybe just kind of stop paying attention to recruiting until the day after signing day. So you don't have to worry about it. Um, otherwise, I hope that you'll come along with us for the ride because the three of us are certainly going to celebrate the successes when they happen. And, you know, we won't BS you on anything, but we're certainly going to be happy when this kind of stuff happens because we should be happy. Well, and honestly, if enough people act negative after every single recruiting thing, the fan base is going to get a reputation and they will affect recruiting negatively. Like kids, kids look at message boards, kids look at social media posts. And like, if they see that the fan base is going to react like that, they're going to realize that's going to react when, you screw up on the field and why are they going to want to go to play for that school? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, trust me, it is so easy to get caught up in, in the drama of recruiting. I mean, David, I think you and I last, last year, I think we both said, all right, time to just take a step back, <laughs> yeah. take, a, take a breath. Uh, you know, especially if, if Florida state starts off with another bad season, if, if recruiting really gets to you, you're, you're going to need to really just take a break because uh, it'll be it'll be rough. But uh, let's let's go with the good news train. Let's keep rolling here. Uh, last week I was out of town, so we didn't get to record. Uh, Florida State picked up a, re- a huge recruitment, almost as big as Falk's commitment uh, when they got offensive lineman four star Roderick Rod Kearney to commit. And honestly, um, you know, Falk is the higher rated recruit, but Kearney's not that far behind him. And this, this was a massive win. And this is all Alex Adkins, Josh. This is, this is the big man on campus. This is what, what uh, Adkins is there for. And, uh, 
this was huge to, to get him to shut it down while he was in Gainesville. Yeah, and then this is a recruit that we've been in contact with at Tomahawk Nation for, you know, over a year. And it was always like, oh, what's new in your recruitment? Like, congratulations on all these big offers you're getting. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, it's cool. He's like, I'm a null. Like, he, he was always like, Alex Atkins was in on him early, built an amazing relationship. And this kid was like, I'm going to be Florida State. And you kind of got the vibe like, he's not, he's not just BS and he's not just telling you what you want to hear. Like, this kid is legit. He loves Florida State. He loves Coach Atkins. And when push came to shove, like that, that was the X factor for him. And he committed to Florida State. I think my guess is I haven't spoken to the staff about this and I haven't spoken to Big Rod about it, but my guess is that the staff said, Hey, like you're a null. Why don't you just go ahead and go public with it? Like, let's get some nice little boost on the trail here. And, and yeah, amazing that he's coming back from a visit in Gainesville and he goes, eh, I'm a null. I'm going to commit today. And, and not only that, when, when people reached out for con- comment, he was just like, Napier is just like not real. Like you can just tell it's a phony. It's it's all an act. And like Florida State's real. Florida State's family, and that's my home. So why don't I just go ahead and make my my commitment public? Yeah, David, what, what what's Florida State gonna get in Rod Kearney? Well, before we get to that, that's a huge point that Josh just made, and is something that if you read uh, Keldrick Fox commitment uh, statements after he, you know, was interviewed after his commitment, he said the same thing. He talked about how a lot of staffs out there, they're not the same. The more times you visit, you know, if you visit two different times, you could get two different vibes from the staff. He raved about how consistent FSU staff always is. So the kids are definitely noticing this stuff. I mean, uh, you know, the, the younger generations now have great BS meters um, because they've seen all their, you know, older siblings and friends go through this stuff. And, and they know, like they can tell this kind of stuff. So that's a huge point that Josh just made. Um, but yeah, Rod Kearney, really, really exciting. Um, I kind of felt bad. He didn't, I felt like uh, he didn't get like the the bravado and the excitement around his commitment. Um, but again, as Josh said, this is one that we've, we've always kind of felt is in the bag. You know, we've, we've had him penciled into our mock classes for over a year, as Josh said. And um, it's exciting to see. FSU win a recruitment that it should win. And the only reason I say that it should win that is because of the work that Atkins put into this. Now, if, if Atkins isn't at Florida State, FSU probably doesn't land him. So um, huge win for him. So FSU's getting a big, burly, beef-eating you know, stud, basically. Um, he's going to cross-train at multiple positions. He has talked about wanting to cross-train at multiple positions because he really wants to be a versatile offensive lineman and help wherever he can. Um, I would assume that, that he'll probably be able to crack the rotation sooner rather than later. I don't think he's going to be starting as a freshman or anything like that, but, you know, give him two years in the strength and conditioning and the nutrition program, he's going to be out there getting significant reps. Um, so he's a kid I'm, I'm really excited about. And Orange Park is, is a school that does have a deep well of talent, um, you know, depending on the year. And so this, it's great to see Florida State get back in there. Um, but he and Keldrick Falk both, I think, are going to be very vocal on the recruiting trail for FSU. Uh, and again, it's just so cool to see these big guys just kind of banding together and, and kind of taking the mantle upon themselves to be the leaders of the class. It's really cool to see that. Uh, here's a question for you, David. Uh, let's put on our hypothetical hat here. Florida State has Rod Kearney committed. If they were to pull in Lucas Simmons and DJ Chester, compare that to last year's class with Armella, 
with Early, uh, Charlton. Um, who else am I missing there? Sap. Sap. Uh, you know, which is a which was a class that we were really excited about. Doctor. Yeah, and Doctor Richardson. Comparing those two classes, if you end up with Kearney, Simmons, and Chester, is that a better class than last year's class? Oh, that's a good question because you're really you're comparing top quality versus good quality and quantity. And so it's, it's tough. I would say, um, gosh, I mean, I, if, if you're able to land Lucas Simmons, which for the record, I think FSU does land Lucas Simmons. Um, they're in great shape with DJ Chester. I'm not as familiar with Chester, but you know, seeing his, his highlights and his circuit camp and stuff, he looks legit. Um, I am probably still going to say last year's class, just because I look at that group and I think that almost all of them have legitimate shots at being multiple year starters. Um, and it's going to be exciting to see how it all shakes out where, you know, you're probably going to have one or two transfers just, you know, based on numbers game kind of thing. But I just look at that class from last year and I'm like, this could be the foundation kind of thing. Um, Cause even if they don't start, they're going to be good rotational depth pieces. Like it's, it's solid, but boy, you talk about landing those three this year and you're really in a wonderful, you know, wonderful state of mind in terms of offensive line recruiting, because ideally within the offensive line recruiting, you never want to go a cycle without the numbers that you need. But if you're, if you're looking at numbers and quantity in one year, the next year, you got to be able to hit quality and still get some good numbers. And so you're right on schedule with that cycle there. But uh, yeah, you talk about a two-year haul with those names added, I, you know, considering the product that FSU has put out on the field, how is Alex Atkins not in the discussion for the best recruiter in the nation? I mean, truly, the, the fact that he's selling this to these kids with that product is remarkable. And we can't, we can't dote on him enough. He's incredible. Yeah, the, the names that Florida State has been in on the last couple of years and they missed out on because of their their uh, record on the field is, you know, <laughs> is a testament to his work alone. But the fact that he's actually adding more uh, huge, huge there. Um, let's let's move on. Tomorrow, Florida State is uh, in the running for a co- uh, possible commitment from four star safety Avery Stewart. This was one that was looking all Florida State. Uh, then 24-7's uh, Steve Wiltfong, who is kind of like the, the guy that everybody trusts, put in a crystal ball for Kentucky. Josh, uh, your gut feeling tomorrow, will Avery Stewart be announcing for the Florida State Seminoles or will he be, announce- be announcing for the uh, Kentucky Wildcats? My gut tells me never to go against Fong. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's what my gut says, but – I don't think it's a guarantee that he that he commits to Kentucky tomorrow. I think Florida State has got a solid chance, especially with the commitment of Keldrick Falk today, because Falk and Stewart have got a, a good relationship, and he might be like, wait, like that kid's going to be getting after the quarterback, and I'm going to be in the defensive backfield? Maybe that's something that's going to be appealing to him. And, and Florida State did a very good job in this Avery Stewart recruitment. Um, obviously, Mark Stoops has done a great job there as well. He loves the Kentucky Wildcats. He likes that program. And – They've got money. Uh, David can talk a little bit more about that and that NIL and all that, but uh, 
If I if I if it was a gun to my head, I'd say that he's going to Kentucky, but I you know don't count Florida State out. I hear you. I hear I'm going to agree with Josh on this, but I'm going to say he commits to Kentucky, but he leaves the door open. It's going to be a soft commit because this is you know FSU had him um, had him locked down basically throughout the weekend, and then uh, Kentucky kind of swooped in with uh, an NIL deal, and so. And we see this mentioned a lot in the recruiting threads, NIL, 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 FSU can't afford to compete, blah, blah, blah. Not every recruitment is going to come down to NIL. Most recruitments are not going to come down to NIL. Um, But when they do come down to NIL, it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll touch on this more in a little bit. I'm going to get on my old man soapbox on this stuff. But um, Stewart is definitely a situation where NIL is in play. Um, And it is a very recent development that it is. And so he may be seeing dollar signs. He may be seeing the SEC allure. But as Josh said, he and Falk are really tight. And I know that Avery Stewart has made some good bonds with some other FSU guys. And so I definitely think that FSU is going to put a fight in. I know they're doing it tonight before he makes his announcement. And I think this is one that's going to go down to the wire. I don't think he's signed, sealed, and delivered to Kentucky, even if he commits there tomorrow. This will definitely be one to watch. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to Kentucky. To More to Josh's point, you don't really go against Wilt Fong uh, and his, his crystal ball pick. So that's, that's definitely where it is. We've heard that NLI, or NIL uh, smoke out there. And uh, I mean, and besides that, Stoops and Kentucky have been doing a much better job on the recruiting trail over the last few years. Um, the only reason we really call out that the NIL is just because it was such a sudden change in the market all of a sudden with Stewart. But, um, you know, I, I, I guess I have a question here, David. Florida, and, and I'll be honest, I, I don't know all of the ins and outs, and maybe you don't either here, but Florida has a little bit stricter I guess, quote unquote, NIL rules from the state than, than a lot of these other states. And so you can't, quote unquote, pay to play in Florida to the extent that some of the other states are. Now, that's <laughs> not saying that teams like Miami are potentially finding ways around that. And there's a good legal team working with somebody down there to, to figure out the ways around it. But uh, safe to say that Florida State might be playing it a little bit safe. And when it comes to the NIL world right now, because of the legislation that exists down there. All right. So I'm going to preface this rant with uh, I'm not a boomer. I'm 36, but uh, I'm going to sound like a boomer. No offense to you boomers out there, but I'm going to sound like one. Um, I think it is unbelievably stupid to pay a 17 year old kid, no matter how promising he is, multiple millions of dollars or even multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars before he sets foot on your campus. I think that is one of the dumbest human exercises I've seen in the last five years. And we as humans are are plenty stupid in the things that we do. So that's saying something. Um, I look at what Tennessee just guaranteed this five-star quarterback recruit and basically made him a multimillionaire while he is still in high school. And the funny thing is, you know, you see these numbers and you're like, wow, that's incredible. And the numbers are only going to go up, blah, blah, blah. Think about it. And this is where I'm coming from on this. So 
as many of you know who have listened to this, I work in college administration. So I work with college students for a living. I know them pretty well. And think about the immense pressure that a student athlete already has coming in from high school into a major college program, especially a quarterback or especially a star wide receiver or defensive back or whatever, left tackle, you name it. They're already under a ton of pressure to succeed, to play early, to get their bodies right, to adjust to college, to adjust to the campus life, got to throw in school, got to throw in, you know, whatever else. Now, imagine that pressure compounded by the fact that they've signed a contract for millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever. So now the fan base or the university, however they've, they've funneled through the collective, now they have a personal stake. And so now you open yourself up to an incredible amount of harassment if you don't live up to those expectations because people have literally paid for you. And so I think this is going to turn into an enormous mental health issue. Um, mental health is already skyrocketing across, you know, college campuses and mental health for students is a huge focus right now. Imagine what this is going to do to student mental health, because I'm telling you, I, you, you guys can quote me on this. I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. I'm looking into the future. Eventually, the day is going to come where one of these athletes who signs a major deal with marketing or whatever doesn't live up to expectations, probably ends up getting death threats or something like that, and either attempts or completes suicide. I'm telling you, this is going to happen. I hate to take a dark turn on this, but the amount of pressure that is being put on young people to live up to these expectations already is insane. Now you're going to throw this kind of money into that. Like it's, it's just another way for fans and adults who are crazy about football to exercise bad behavior. So all right. That being said, I'm going to get off my soapbox. So I think what we've seen from Mike Norvell and co is like you said, Tim, I think it's a more cautious approach. And I think it's an approach where we've seen that they are absolutely willing to pony up, collect money and throw a great offer at a transfer portal individual, someone like Amarius Mims. Now with that, I'm not necessarily as against that because you know what you're getting. You know, it's, it's the whole proof of concept thing. You know that this is an experienced kid. He's been in an SEC program. He immediately becomes the best offensive lineman on your team, three-year starter, whatever. You know what you're getting. And so with that, okay, I can see you poning out money for that. When it comes to high school kids, Mike Norvell and his staff clearly stake their claim on the family environment and on player development. And we've seen both of those things happen. I think between FSU and its legal team and the coaching staff and all that, I just don't think they're going to buy into this whole let's outbid every other team for these players because the types of kids who are coming out and just having their hands out and they want to go to the top bidder, is that really what you want in your locker room culture? I don't know. Um, I'm willing to venture that Mike Norvell says, no, it's not. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not taking care of kids because I can assure you that they are. But when it comes down to these bidding war types of scenarios where you know, somebody comes in and they're like, all right, minimum price you got to pay if you want me is a million. Like Mike Norvell is probably like, all right, we'll see you later. <laughs> you know, not going to waste their time on that. So that's just a guess on my part. I don't know the strategy. I could be completely wrong. But uh, again, I just look at this and I think to myself, like, what the hell are we doing? Because there's no enforcement whatsoever on any of these things. 
the NCAA is full of a bunch of cowards who are afraid to, to actually tack on any penalties to anybody that are meaningful. And so the wild, wild West is just going to continue and it's going to continue to be unregulated. Um, so I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not upset that Mike Norvell and co, if that is the strategy that they have, I'm not upset about that. Um, let, leave it to the SEC teams to fight over those kinds of kids and, Mike Norvell and, and his staff can kind of do things the right way and still land plenty of talented kids. Does that mean they're going to be competing for national championships every year? No, probably not. But there's a lot to be said about a great locker room culture, focus on development and getting the right people in your organization. Yeah. Let me just clear something up. I'm, I think I know where you are, but you're not faulting kids for going after money. You're faulting all the adults who are throwing as much money as they have at these kids. You're exactly right. Because you know, anybody listening to this, think about when you were 17, if somebody came up to you and said, Hey, sign your name right here. And you're guaranteed $3 million, especially where some of these kids come from the background and the family situation they're coming from. What would you do? I mean, it's a no brainer. Yeah. My fault completely lies with the fans and the sleazy individuals who are funding these things, not with the kids themselves. Yeah. And then not just the backgrounds, but you're playing a very dangerous sport. I mean, you're playing football. It's not the same as you're playing baseball or basketball or whatever. You're playing football where you're literally putting your life in the line every single time you play. So get that money while you can. Yeah. And, and, and just to add on there, David, I, I don't think any of us are speaking out against there being some type of NIL um, to Josh's point, you know, uh, what they're doing out there, these kids deserve it, especially with the, the money that the universities make. But uh, I think the main thing that stuck out to me that what you said, there definitely needs to be some kind of regulation out there. And, and who knows with the, uh, the super conference merger, whatever that's going on out there, maybe that leads to some regulations or something like that, but we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, good NIL discussion. Uh, we'll see what happens with Stewart tomorrow, but let's talk about what else might be on the horizon for Florida State. Uh, let's let's go to offensive tackle Lucas Simmons, who we've talked about a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, was originally looking like he was going to announce here in the next week or so. It uh, looks like he's pushed that out again. Uh, no defined date, but just nothing uh, firm. Uh, Josh. Florida State, USC, is that what this battle looks like it's going to be, or is it? are there other teams really involved there? Yeah, I mean, that's what we've said for a while. I guess you could probably throw Tennessee in there as well, especially with the money they're throwing around. But this is, this is a situation where it would have behooved Florida State the sooner Simmons committed because Florida State got the last visit. Florida State's done an unbelievable job. Once again, Alex Atkins has just knocked this recruitment out of the park. But the longer he waits – the worse it looks for Florida State, in my opinion. I'm not saying they're not going to land him. I just think the longer he waits, Florida, State, Florida State's chances diminish. Yeah, David, um, this was somebody that if you asked us a month ago, we were probably a lot higher on, on Simmons coming to Florida State. Not that we're still not, uh, because that last official visit has so much weight. Uh, but this is one that Florida State would rather lock up sooner than later. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still, my confidence is still right where it was before. To me, this is Florida State and everybody else kind of. But, you know, he, when he left campus, I know that he said, yeah, you know, I'll probably make my announcement in the next week or two. You know, he didn't really give a firm date or anything. And so it could just be a, a kid being a kid and, you know, putting things off or whatever. But um, I, I do think Florida State will land him and, and that's going to be another 
in the long, you know, in the line of, of a Keldrick Falk commitment, because Simmons is absolutely a national recruit. A lot of major schools want him. And the thing about Simmons is he, you know, as good as he is, he's still a total noob at playing football. Um, and, you know, he grew up playing other sports and he finally got into football and all that athleticism has translated so well. And his size and his frame is just almost perfect for an offensive tackle in the modern game. And so this is a kid who he's, you know, wherever he ends up, I, I think it's Florida state, but wherever he ends up, he's going to need to come in, get part of the nutrition strength and conditioning program, and probably put a couple of solid years in there. But then after that, he's going to be a kid who, in my opinion, just takes off, especially as soon as he starts getting reps. Uh, he is a true left tackle. He's a body guardian type left tackle. I mean, to me, I, I look at him and if you're looking at his trajectory, there's first round pick potential. He's that good. And he's that athletic. Um, it's all going to depend on how quickly he can learn and synthesize all this information, um, and the reps that he gets and staying healthy, of course. But I mean, his, he, his potential, his ceiling is just through the roof. And so he's a kid that I am super excited about. And again, a national recruit that was wanted by just about everybody. So again, if Florida state wins this battle, you get Falk, you get Kearney, you get Simmons, all of a sudden people are like, Ooh, you know, Florida state's, you know, they're competing with the big boys on the lineman. Yeah. And then Simmons is kind of a kid like Falk that doesn't really enjoy the recruiting process all that much. It's not look at me, look at me, social media stuff, right and left. He's not doing interviews all over the place. So in that sense, I think, you know, Nobody really knows like what he's thinking right now, but I, I would agree with David. Like Florida State is is the leader there. And the other the other question is, like, he's gonna be the best tackle prospect Florida State's landed since when? I mean, like a decade. I mean, like it's been Rod a true Johnson, tackle pro- a, a true a true tackle prospect at Florida State. Like, who's the last one that you can kind of compare to Simmons? That would that would be a Tim, I think you had it. Yeah, what was that, 2014? Something like, yeah, Big Rod Johnson. I mean, he's he's the last one, the last true tackle prospect that that I think was on that level. But this kid's potential and ceiling is way higher than Rod Johnson. Because John, as good as Johnson was, he he still had mobility issues, you know, had stuff with the, the hips and all that. But um, this kid, I mean, he just – the sky's the limit, truly. Yeah, I think his I think his ceiling is through the roof with how raw he is and, and his football background and all that being an international kid. Let me uh, let me let me ask this question, David. Better offensive lineman, Lucas Simmons or Rod Kearney? Lucas Simmons, but it's, I, I it's, think it's closer than you think. I think maybe at the college game, Big Rod could play sooner, but mm-hmm. Simmons has a higher ceiling. Yeah, it's closer than you think. It's not a blowout. I would say Lucas Simmons, but Rod Kearney's really good. Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was talking to our old friend Coach AB over at Twenty Four Seven Sports the other day, and he said at this time, you know, Simmons isn't committed, but uh, Rod Kearney might be the best offensive line commitment to Florida State since uh, man, I'm blanking the guy that, that transferred to Alabama, uh, Landon Dickerson. Oh yeah, yeah Dickerson. Dickerson. Maybe the best Florida State offensive lineman commit since Dickerson. I'll, I'll just say this. In speaking with Coach Atkins, do not sleep on Jalen Early. That's a kid from this last class that Coach Atkins absolutely loves. A kid that could play guard, could also swing out to tackle. I'm not sure where he'll 
eventually end up in Tallahassee, but that's a kid that I think is going to be really, really good. Woefully underrated last year. Yeah. Uh, just crazy. I, I think he ended up at the uh, U.S. Army uh, recruit game at the end of the season and, and was impressive. Uh, him and Armella both out there. Uh, let's, let's jump to uh, Samuel Singleton running back out of, uh, or out of Orange Park at Fleming Island. Uh, David, this is a guy you really like, right? Yes, I do. I, I'm on record. I actually like him better than Smothers. And I, I really like Smothers. I like both of them a lot. Um, but Singleton, to me, is – I don't understand why he's so overlooked. He's, he's a really good player. He's a, he has the potential to be a complete three-down back um, at the college level love his his burst and his I mean his physicality he's got good hands but I absolutely think FSU will land him if they haven't already um, his visit to Florida State went so well that he decided to bump his commitment date up um, we're not quite sure on a on a firm date yet but he's only used a couple of official but actually his is Florida State the only official visit he's done I'm looking it up right now I think so yeah, I think FSU might be the only one, but it went that well to where he's considering ending his recruitment now. Um, and this is a kid who I, I don't know that he's a national type recruit, but he's definitely a Southeast Atlantic Coast recruit. Um, somebody who uh, Juwan Sider up at Penn State absolutely covets. Uh, he's got you know plenty of interest, but um, I really like this kid a lot. I think he'd fit really well in the offense, and I'm really excited about him. And, and uh, again, I think FSU has an excellent shot with him. Whereas Smothers, um, you know, FSU has has always been in Smothers' top group, but Oklahoma has really come on strong late with DeMarco Murray leading that recruitment. DeMarco Murray's turned out to be one heck of a recruiter. Um, we'll see how good of a coach he is, but recruit-wise, he's he's pretty awesome. Um, but Smothers, I think, is, is someone who – I think he actually told the staff – he's still in communication with them, and I think he actually told the staff that he's one of the guys who just wants to wait and see. He wants to wait and see how FSU does on the field, so totally understandable. Um, he's also, I'm sure, wanting to wait and see how OU does on the field under Venables. So uh, he, he might be one who eventually commits to Oklahoma but still kind of keeps his options open. But, um, you know, we've noticed the theme among some of these guys, uh, like Smothers, that they just want to wait and see because FSU's had two subpar seasons. So they really want to, to see if the coaches are, are, you know, backing up what their talk is, that they're going to be improved. Um, so he's one to keep an eye on. But Singleton, super happy with where FSU is with him. My, my thing with Smothers is like, dude, did you like look at Oklahoma's class last year? Like all the blue chip running backs they brought in. Like, I mean, I know these guys all think that, they're just going to go in wherever they are and, and start right away. But man, like that class they brought in last year is loaded And Florida state. Like we, we like Rodney Hill, but like Florida state hasn't brought in like a, a stud high school running back in forever. It's like, hello. Yeah. Not since cam acres. Um, I, I think what you touched on at the very end there, David is something that Josh has hammered in the recruiting thread and, you know, just in our personal conversations, what this really comes down to is Florida State really seems to hit home runs, especially in the summer months when it comes to recruiting. But where this really has to happen is on the field coming during when the season starts. They've got to go out and they've got to win. And, and I, I think we're moving past the point where they just need to be competitive or look like an actual football team. Now, this is the season where we, we really got to see some wins happen for Florida State. A bowl game, I think, is almost a must for this team. 
um, and for Norvell. And I think, you know, an eight win season, I think could turn this class into a top 15 class potentially by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, Tim. I think that um, to me, the baseline is you have to have six or seven wins this year. You have to. And another baseline that is a must is you, you can't have blowout losses. You got to be competitive in every game. You got to be in it at least until the fourth quarter, like midway, you know, through the fourth, you can't get blown out. Um, and I think another big thing is they, the recruits in this cycle and especially 2024, they need to see the younger kids playing. They need to see those guys getting reps. They need to see the Azariah Thomases. They need to see the Sam McCalls. They need to see those guys out there getting strong reps um, because that'll all build confidence in this stuff. And that way, when these guys take official visits during the season, you're having guys who are getting reps as freshmen or sophomores hosting them and telling them, yeah, this is what the coaches told me when I recruited, you know, I, I committed and, and they delivered here I am playing. And so if FSU can do those things and show truly demonstrable improvements where they're like, you know, and it, it sucks because the schedule this year is, is tough. There's no doubt about it. Um, and injuries of course are going to play a huge role in this, but if you can show that that you're taking significant steps into getting FSU to where it needs to be, the talent's there. I mean, the talent is coming in these recruiting classes. It's all about health and development. And so um, it's crucial. Like you said, they, they got to be in bowl contention. You got to make sure that you're showing up in the big games and you're winning the games that you're supposed to win handily. Um, and I think if they do those things, you're going to be okay. You're, you'll be okay with this class. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the number one key is keeping Jordan Travis healthy because if Travis goes down, I mean, we like A.J. Duffy, not so high on Tate Rotomaker. Um, it just, especially if he goes down early before these guys are able to get lots of in-season reps and whatnot, like who knows what will happen. I don't even want to think about it. But the good thing is Florida State's improved that offensive line and like there's a good chance he'll be able to, he'll be able to drop back and not scramble for his life immediately every single time he tries to pass. Um, as you mentioned, yes, the baseline, you've got to win at least six. You've got to make a bowl. Eight wins, I think they're honestly, they're going to be, yeah, top 15. They get nine wins, they're, they're pushing top 10. Um, all right, Coach Norvell, I know a lot of people want to fire him. They can't stand him. He can't recruit. He can't coach, blah, blah, blah. He made a mistake last year in the Jacksonville State game, but I I just think he's very, very good. He is so personable. He connects with every single recruit and all their families and, I think he's a great leader of men, and and they they hammered this this exact same recruiting weekend last year, and they they landed so many recruitments. They've already landed Falk. They landed Demarco Ward. We're talking about Lucas Simmons, maybe Samuel Singleton. It's like they have these these guys in mind that they really feel like they're in a good shape for. They they try to push for this late June recruiting weekend. Come on for that official visit, and like the success rate has been unbelievable. Um, I. <laughs> And the other thing that stands out exactly what you said there, Josh, is a lot of those players that they got in that late June round last year stuck with them, even even through how the season turned out. So uh, hopefully they're, they're going to have that same commitment level to this team. And, but hopefully we won't have to go down that same road. <laughs> Although uh, I, I tell you what, the, the amount of the QB play that Florida State has to play against this year is one of the best in the nation. And I, I don't think people understand just how ridiculous um, some of these some of these offenses are going to be for Florida State. So we'll see how uh, Coach Fuller and that defense uh, responds. Um, 
I think final final thoughts here. Any other names that we're forgetting or overlooking that to keep on everybody's radar when it comes to Florida State? Josh, I think I'd probably go to you as, as your like program to know all that stuff. Uh, one name that that, that discussed this uh, committing in July that Florida State was on was safety Jeremiah Anglin from Lake, Lake Wales, and he's you know related to Derwin James. Uh, he's a kid that a lot of schools like, and kind of an under the radar kid. Florida State offered pretty early in that in that process after he kind of showed out at a little combine setting and. I'm not sure how hard the staff's pushing for him. Maybe if they don't land Stewart, they'll kind of go all in on, on Anglin, but that's a kid that, that could commit here somewhere in the foreseeable future. Uh, what, what about the kid from out West, the linebacker, Blake Nicholson? Uh, I think Florida State made his top three, uh, but that's still a kid we, we expect to stay out West, right? Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's Oregon's until it's not. Just He had an unbelievable time there. Dan Lanning, first season. Obviously, he's shown that he can do it at Georgia. Kind of just seems like a West Coast kid. I mean, the fact that Florida State made his top three is incredibly impressive. It was great they were able to actually get him across country for an official visit, so you never rule it out. But I think unless Florida State can get him back on campus, I don't like their chances there. The uh, the last thing I want to talk about was the Elite 11 was this past week, and uh, Florida State commit Chris Parson went out there and had a really good performance. Uh turn some heads. I, I think we'll probably see his recruiting rankings jump up a little bit. Uh, was a, was on campus for that last week of June uh, group. And uh, I think this is somebody that Florida State has solidified their commitment with, uh, but they are still flirting with Brock Glenn. Uh, Josh, anything else to add there? Uh, I think Florida State's still going to push for Glenn. And if they can land him, they'll kind of let the chips fall where they may. Uh, I think they like they like Chris Parson, but he is still kind of flirting with other schools and, and maybe not as solid as you'd like to be, especially for your quarterback, your your bell cow, per se. Um, so I think they'll go all in on, on Brock Glenn. Brock Glenn just got offered by LSU recently, and I know he wants to kind of look at that. Auburn's in on him and Ohio State's in on him as well. David, it looks like the uh, Ricky Collins is not going to happen for Florida State. He looks like he's pretty solid to Purdue. Yeah, he um, he's solid to Purdue until LSU offers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Collins actually, um, he didn't have that good of an Elite 11. I was kind of surprised. Uh, he struggled some, um, which was disappointing to see because, you know, as we've as we've talked about, his intangibles are awesome. His size, all that stuff. But um, yes, I mean, Chris Collins or Chris Collins, uh, Chris Parson came out of there saying all the right things. And, and, you know, he's excited to be at FSU. He plans on being at FSU. And so, as we've said throughout the threads and, and the podcasts, as long as you get one of the three of Parson, Glenn or uh, Collins, you're in great shape. And so, um, you know, it's exciting to see him say those things. Like Josh said, if they are able to land Glenn. Uh, we'll see if those were just words or if they were the truth. But, um, you know, as of now, if they've solidified Parson and he's your guy, you know, we, we like Chris Parson. So um, it's it's a solid, uh, solid turn of events there. And the only other name I'll bring up is um, is uh, Gadsden, who was also on his official visit over the, the past weekend. Um, he's one we don't know when he's going to commit, but he loves Odell. Um, he may delay his commitment because I know that George is kind of keeping him warm a little bit. Um, he's got some interest from some of the bigger boys, but you know, not, not necessarily committable offers 
at this point, but um, FSU's done really well with him. Odell has done a great job with him. And so he'll be one to watch as well. Could pop over the summer, may take it into the season. We're not sure, but um, FSU did as well as they could on that visit with him. I guess uh, you I were just it. like looking at my computer screen because I had Gadsden up. I was just about to talk about him, but you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, if Florida State pushes for him, if Georgia pushes for him, that's kind of where I see that one going. Like, if either of those schools pushes for him, uh, that's where I see him ending up. The, uh, the only other name I wanted to bring up, and I swear this is probably the last thing I'll say, Josh, uh, Jordan Hall, uh, how's that recruitment looking for Florida State? I think that's a long-haul recruitment, no pun intended. But uh, it was nice to see Lamont Sr. saying, like, all right, dude, like we got the defensive ends and we got Keith Sampson. It's time for you to load up and like really just make this thing D-line you. And, and he, he recently released his top 10. Florida State obviously was in there. He's been to Florida State quite a few times, has a good relationship with the staff, has a good relationship with Big Rod. Um, I think this is going to be a long recruitment that will probably take it all the way to sign day. And, and it's, it's probably going to depend on how, how good Florida State looks on the field. All right, Josh, before I wrap it up, you always – say hey i'm missing something so uh this is your chance josh no i did that in the slack before we started so you're good <laughs> well <clears throat> if you want to talk florida state recruiting uh check out tomahawk nation for our official recruiting thread uh david and josh are killer sharks in there they rove those waters constantly looking for anything and everything to pounce on they've got all the information so check it out uh any questions at all drop them in there they'll be quick to answer uh, and we, we'd love to uh, help answer any questions you have there. Dave, Josh, you, you have your hand up. You, I, I, I lied. I do have something to say. David's a man. He's 36 and get off his lawn. And exactly. one, one more thing, five stars, five stars, five stars. Go in and subscribe. Rate us five stars, please. We, you know, we appreciate all the reviews and uh, five stars, if you will, for the three stars. Well, on that note, for Josh Pick, for Dr. David Stout, I'm Tim Allenball. We are the three stars, and this is the Florida State of Recruiting podcast for Tomahawk Nation. Let's keep climbing.